This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Now for our teaching time this evening, we're going to go look at a couple of different passages that are not, one of them is not customarily thought of as a Christmas-related passage. And it's Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. Now, again, this is not your usual Christmas passage, but think about this for a second. Darkness was on the face of all that was there before. And you see, that's the condition of the world before God acts. That's A-C-T-S, acts. Now, one of the translations of this first verse, actually verse 2, is that the earth was chaos and, you know, totally disorganized and everything. And there was this discussion about the earliest first, oldest profession in the world. And of course, they naturally talked about what's you normally referred to as the oldest profession. And then they talked about apple picking, you know, but the other person said, no, 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 no. That's not the oldest profession. The oldest profession is lawyers. He said, lawyers? And then he says, well, who do you think created the chaos? Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, and you all have a niece that would appreciate that, I'm sure. Okay, now, there's darkness before God acts. And think about this. The world in its present condition. Is there a lot of darkness in the world today? That should not be hard to answer. Well, yeah. You know, with all the wars, with the child trafficking, with hunger, with famines, with all these other things. And so the world is a pretty messed up place now. But back in the first century, when Jesus was born into the earth, the world was full of darkness then. There was Herod who ordered all of the babies in Bethlehem to be killed if they were two years old and younger. And think about how dark that has to be for somebody to be able or willing to take a sword and kill a baby, two years old and younger. That's pretty dark, I would think. And then there was the Roman occupation. And the Ro Roman soldiers were quite literally ruthless. They were trained to do that. They were trained to be able to kill at any distance in any way. 
They were trained to overcome any adversity. And then think about the condition of the widows in that time. If the widows, you know, I mean, that was bad enough because if their husband died and they didn't have any sons, the widow would be left to starve to death. And if, you know, there was a son, yeah, he could support the mom. But that was it. You know, there was almost no hope for there to be the widow to last very long at all. You know, there was the widow of Zarephath, and she had a little boy, and so they were able to get by as long as possible until Elijah got there. But then we look at the story of Ruth, and Naomi was a widow, and the two daughters of their sons that came with her were also widows. One of them turned back, but Naomi and Ruth went on to Bethlehem. And the first thing they did was figure out a way to get Boaz's attention. So in this way, in that first or second chapter of Ruth, you see what happens for widows. What did she have to do? She had to find a way to get contact with a man who would be able to support them. And so those were the really dark times back in the first century and before. Now, verse 2 in Genesis chapter 1 says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so that tells us what's going on there is that God is getting ready to act and remedy that particular situation and bring order out of the chaos. And so, what did God say? Let there be light. And there was light. You know, and a number of the books I've been reading lately have talked about uh, astrophysics and the sort of thing about the formation of the earth or the cosmos or the galaxies or the universe and how it came about. And I'm finding out that that Big Bang Theory is not untoward for Christians because the Big Bang Theory supposes that there was a beginning. And now all the physicists are trying to deny that the Big Bang is true because they don't want to allow there to be a beginning. Because if they have to recognize that there's a beginning, they have to, in the next step, have to acknowledge that there was someone an intelligent designer who started the beginning. And most of the atheistic physicists are not willing to go there. So they've developed all kinds of crazy alternative theories. But what the reason for I'm mentioning that is the fact that God said, let there be light. And it's supposed that the Big Bang was a big flash of light. And so we can imagine then that that's the beginning of the universe. And so now we're going, to, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9. So yes, I know that was our Old Testament reading. But it starts out again, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he greatly esteemed the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavenly oppressed her. 
by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. But what we want to look at here is verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. A great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And so what we're talking about here, there was the people in darkness. We've talked about the people who were in darkness during that time. People who were barely able to get by. People who were just in survival mode. But now those people, because of the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of all that chaos to begin the process of forming the earth, the Spirit worked. And so then there was order brought out of the chaos, and they've seen that great light. And there's, you see, those people in Israel were being invited to come out of the darkness and into the light. And we have that same invitation to come out of the darkness and into the light. Now, who was this light that Isaiah was prophesying? Jesus. Jesus was that light. But think about the night that Jesus was born. The angels, they were singing, and this glorious multitude of the heavenly hosts were praising God and singing, and there was this light that was emanating from them. Those angels were radiating that Shekinah glory. And so, what was that? There was light surrounding that dark stable. And so, the shepherds followed that light to the stable. And so, they saw the baby Jesus, the light of the world. You know, we sang about that this morning. Whoa, 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 the light of the world. Well, that's who Jesus is, is the light of the world. And so that people who've been formerly in darkness are now invited to come into the light. And they are in the light if they come to Christ. So what we have to decide at this time of year is... What does Christmas mean to us? You know, because we can be caught up in all the trees and the decorating and all that stuff. We can be caught up and run into the shopping malls or ordering $10,000 worth of stuff from Amazon. You know, we can be caught up in this, you know, commercialism of it. And surprisingly enough, and I just need to mention this, right after church today, my wife and I, we went to Target, and she found a basket to give to somebody. But what she was also flabbergasted to see was, guess what? Most of the Christmas stuff was already off the shelves, and what do you think was being put up and mounted and displayed in its place? The stuff for Valentine's Day. And so that's the kind of thing we can be caught up in, is that commercialism of all the hustle and bustle, you know, and all that songs about, like, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, you know, and all that where they talk about the shoppers rushing home with their treasures, toys in every store and all of that. Or we can think and sit back and contemplate 
the reason we celebrate Christmas Day. And the reason is because we are commemorating the birth of our Savior Jesus, the Word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the meaning of this season. You know, you got all those naysayers out there saying Christmas is a pagan holiday, you know, because we don't know when Jesus was born. And I said, you're right, we don't know when Jesus was born. The point of the day is to commemorate and remember that our Savior, God in the flesh, entered our world to walk among us and be our deliverer. That's what this season is about. And so that is the reason the church in its wisdom made Christmas a 12-day celebration. And yeah, that's where that song came from. But it was originally set up by the church because Christmas season begins on Christmas Day and goes until Epiphany, where we then commemorate the Magi finally locating Jesus. And so if we are thinking about this season in the right way, we'll be joyful for the next so many days and you know, keep going and being joyful even after Epiphany and even after you know, Lent comes. Of course, Lent's not to be joyful, but that's another story. And then we can be joyful when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, because that's what all this is about. Or actually, I should say, that's who all this is about. Jesus, who came to be the light and to cast out that darkness. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm-hmm.